Coming to you live from the Lake Gunnersville Super 8 Motel. It's the Bass Squad Radio Podcast. Uh, we're here at the Classic. We have been having an absolutely unbelievable time. Uh, we've also have to go back tomorrow. And then it's going to be, if you guys want to talk to me, I probably would hold off for a few days because, well, if you're listening to this, it doesn't really matter. But I cannot believe that I'm going to be talking to normal people for a while because everybody down here bass fishes or is around bass fishing. So it's just been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Casey's here again. We're going to do a little recap of the first two days. Uh, we'll go over some other stuff, some funny uh, observations. <sighs> yeah, so first thing that, I, that I've that i noticed big time is the college football Roll Tide War Eagle thing that goes on down here. Seems like whenever you want to fire up a crowd in Alabama, <laughs> someone says Roll Tide, someone says War Eagle. Trip Walden, he goes, I got two words for you. Roll Tide. The beginning of the tournament, and everybody lost their mind in the crowd, and then it started a fight, basically. Uh, I even joked that when Skeet Reese comes out, they say, from Auburn, California, someone, hey, Roll Tide! <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not, doesn't have anything to do with Auburn football. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll just get started. Um... KVD, Swindle, Ike, the Lane brothers, they're all kind of struggling right now, which is kind of strange. Uh, we really haven't – I've never seen that before with all all four of the bigger names. Well, four of the bigger names, not – they're – at KVD, he made the cut, right? Yeah. He's the only one that made the cut. Uh, Ike seemed real pissed off both days. He said he's going to win on the Delaware River, so that should be pretty awesome to watch. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, we were, uh, we started out day one, uh, we went to the launch, we launched our boat, and, uh, we, we just kind of, we didn't know who to follow, it it was kind of weird because we didn't, there was probably two or three hundred boats out there, spectator boats, uh, right at the launch, and as soon as they called KVD's number and he took off. Almost half, I would say half the spectator boats took off after him. I've never seen anything like it before. I, the fact that there's not more accident, boating accidents in these things is unbelievable. It's unreal. I mean, uh, it just it was like something you really got to see it to get a real feel for what it's like out there. And uh, we yeah, we we followed we followed uh, we were following Aaron Martins around and. Uh, he he was going down you know, upriver and uh through a bridge and all of a sudden KVD's coming at us going downriver and we just turn right around and follow KVD and there's you know seventy five at least seventy five boats or just in a pack of them and it was just insane. We really lucked out, we actually got to watch him, but I forgot about this. I'm going to Aaron Martin's story that we come up. <laughs> so we're following. We uh, we pretty much had no, because we didn't know kind of how to do it because it, it's just such a big lake and it's kind of hard to just follow one guy because there's just, I don't know. We kind of wanted to sit in the area that we caught him in pretty good. So we kind of stayed around that section of the lake. Then once we didn't see anybody there, uh, we just went down river or up river a little bit. 
no, downriver, downriver, doesn't really matter. You guys don't care. Um, and come down and there's a bunch of people watching Amart fishing like a flat. And then, so Amart, we get there, he picks up and leaves, goes about 200 yards away on this like rocky point. And as he's, <laughs> as he's putting his trolling motor down, I can see these two guys walking to the end of the point with the, with the, with bobbers and a minnow bucket or something. And there's, this lake has got an insane amount of shoreline area. And these two guys pick the exact point that Aaron Martins is, <laughs> is fishing on, starts casting bobbers out right in front of him. He just goes at it like there's nothing. To, he's swinging his square bill or rattle trap or whatever he was throwing right next to him. And their guy, it just obviously happens to him. It was, it was absolutely hilarious watching him panic about that. So, <laughs> but he wasn't, he, he didn't stay there very long. He only caught one, like, 15-incher. It wasn't they, – they all – I don't know. It It seemed like a lot of guys didn't really – they really wanted to stay deep for some reason, and I don't think that was the deal at all. And we it kind of shows that – I don't know. It, it, it was – I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it, I mean, yesterday at – yesterday, I think most of the guys actually fished out a little bit deeper <laughs> – they didn't, for some reason, they didn't feel like the, the bats had moved up real shallow. And, I mean, almost most of the people yesterday struggled in, at weigh-in. They all kind of said, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go shallower. And today at weigh-in, you, it was pretty evident that everybody was, you know, figuring them out a little bit better. And they, a lot of them said that the fish were shallow. Just like we told you in the last podcast, because <laughs> we really did really did well out there the two days before the tournament started, fishing extremely shallow. And uh, I don't know, it's just one of those things where I think the, some of the pros sometimes they know too much, and they don't they didn't really give shallow water a chance. They didn't just go fishing. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, we we followed Chris Lane around a little yeah. bit yesterday, and he we we really kind of kept going back to this particular pocket that we fished because we just crushed them in there the two days prior to the And it was real shallow. Ten to six feet as we were catching most of it, and even shallower than that. Yeah, and Chris Lane actually, uh, he was fishing right at the entrance to our spot, and if he would have just kept going, uh, you know, trolling trolling motored in a little bit further, I think he would have crushed them. Because he was, yeah. yeah, he stopped and... Turned around and left, and right at the right at the worst time. Yeah, because it gets it was like a, a stretch where the creek channel led on the back of a creek, and it got good at a certain point. I don't know why it got good at a certain point. I can't really exactly explain that. Not that I'm trying to hide anything or anything like that. It it just it was just that's where they were, and he would go into it, and he was throwing the right stuff. He was throwing traps, and he was it looked like a jerk bait. And then he turned around and bailed out of there. And it was like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that we would have crushed him because it was it was a colder day and it just a, a storm or a front came in. And but all those people bitching about the like the muddy water, there it wasn't muddy back in that creek. Like it was completely clean. There was it wasn't any noticeably it wasn't noticeably different. So and we actually went back there after everybody had left and we putted back there and looked at our graph and there was just arcs everywhere. It was it was even more loaded than it was the day before when we fished. So if those of you who don't know arcs generally mean, you know, game fish down there. So 
it was it was kind of disappointing. I mean, we 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 kind of thought about the it, the weights out right now are just outstanding. I mean, the the, the three day record is probably going to get broken, but like we literally thought it was going to take over eighty pounds to win. Yeah, we we seriously thought there was a chance that a there was a you know a, an outside shot at a hundred pound bag this week, and not it's obviously not going to happen now, but. Hundred pound three days, not a hundred pound bag. Uh, right, right. <laughs> not a hundred pound. A hundred pounds on three days, um, but you know that's not going to happen. But the the record might still be broken for I think it's sixty nine pounds for the classic. But you know it's not. It's still not nearly what we expected. But uh, the the weights are going up a little bit. Yeah, it it. I don't know. I I mean it's still obviously showing up, and Gunnersville is an unbelievable fishery, and there's so many big fish coming in, but. The last day is going to be really interesting because it is like a 10-pound 10, 10 difference between 1st and 12th, I think. So everybody's pretty close. I mean, there's so many guys that could strike together, put together a 35-pound day. And, you know, even if Randall Tharp crushes them and catches 30, 22, 23 pounds or Evers, it's the 35-pound bag would win. I mean, it, it it's definitely possible. And there's the fish are moving up. Now and tomorrow's supposed to be even nicer and a better day, so I don't know. I feel like I don't know what fair. I mean, I don't know what uh, Evers and Tharp are doing, but I'm assuming they're throwing traps uh, or swim baits because so some of the guys were had mentioned that they were throwing big swim baits shallow, and that's not the, something that they do. And that's what actually what we figured out that the big swim baits they wanted shallow, mm-hmm. and it was. I don't know, it's pretty... <laughs> just got a text from my buddy, uh, Joe, that was with us at the Classic, saying that Gerald Swindle is... Uh, I don't know where exactly Joe is right now, but Gerald apparently he's with Gerald Swindle, so that just popped up on the phone, so that's pretty cool. Keep you updated on that. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the other uh, quick little tips for you is uh, Tyler found out this week that... The uh, when you're throwing rattle traps in extremely shallow water, um, especially when you have to rip it out, the uh, the braided line kind of helps you with that. A lot of, most people use fluorocarbon for rattle traps and lipless crankbaits, but when you're trying to, I mean, we were fishing them in like six inches of water uh, in some cases and catching giants doing it. And when you have to reel that, those things in so fast, and especially right after it hits the water, the the braided line can actually help you and that's what we saw today uh todd faircloth who is from he's from texas on on sam rayburn where rattle rattle trap fishing lipless crankbait fishing was kind of made famous and he told us today at weigh-in that uh he actually made an adjustment today that he switched from his usual uh fluorocarbon to to braided line and it really helped him so Tyler kind of figured that deal out the, the other day too. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that when you're you're throwing, cause people, some people think that you don't want too much with a, a line with no stretch because it'll yank the the bait out. And I actually think that's pretty much op, I think opposite of that. If you have a good enough give in your rod, it absorbs most of the shock of the fish, and I, the hooks actually hook themselves. I mean, not to mention the fish here just inhale the whole bait, so it doesn't really. It's not like they're just pecking at it. And when you are around such heavy, heavy cover and such shallow water, you want something that is instant. Like, you start reeling as soon as it hits the water. And 
fluorocarbon doesn't stretch a whole lot, but it stretches enough where you just don't have as much control over it as you do with uh, with braid. And I was using 20-pound braid, and it was working absolutely fine. So I don't know. And that's just something that if you're around mur- murkier water, I mean, even even if you're in clear water, a lipless crankbait when you're burning it is just such a reaction bite it doesn't matter what your line looks like for the most part i don't think i have not seen any difference because i use braided line all the time for lipless crankbaits regardless of if it's clear water or i mean if it's super clear generally you're probably not even going to use a lipless crankbait so i don't know that's just a little little look at at the trap fishing that's been going on here i, I assume lots of people are throwing them because that's what the deal is down here right now and some of the guys aren't catching, or uh, I don't know who, I don't remember who was talking about it, that they're actually just pecking at it. And I honestly, from what I, it's kind of a strange thought process, but what I noticed is that the bigger baits, they actually inhale them more. Because I think those bigger fish, because they were saying that, you know, even the little lipless crankbaits, they were barely tuck, touching it, and they were barely hooking the fish. But when I was, you, you know, when I am around bigger fish, I upsize a lot because they're going to want to inhale something that's big because they don't want to, I don't know. So if you, I think if someone upsized to like a three-quarter ounce trap, I think that they would actually notice that it would be, because a, a trap, a three-quarter ounce trap is still nothing compared to the size of a mouth. So it's not like they can't fit it or nothing like that. So I, I think that if uh, someone upsized, I think they would actually hook up way more. That's just my two cents. So if you see someone winning with a big trap, I would not be remotely surprised or not, you know, not be surprised at all. But I think it was Aaron Martins actually yeah, that yeah. Uh, said he couldn't figure out what, what is why. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he could, he actually said that he couldn't figure out why they weren't uh, taking his bait. He didn't, I don't know if he necessarily said what kind of bait he was using, but I think he said crankbait. But, uh, couldn't figure out why they were just nipping at it and he kept changing colors and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think if he were just upsize, it would, might, it might do him good. It like any time I've used anything giant, it's always, I've always, when I was younger or like a couple of years ago when I started experimenting with really big stuff, I always was worried about the hooks being able to hook them. But when they want it, especially those bigger fish, they inhale the entire thing. And it goes all the way, especially if you're doing it right, it goes all the way back. And it does not matter what's, I mean, it obviously matters a little bit, but when it's a bigger bait that they don't have to eat for very much longer, they want to kill that bait and, and just, they, they mean, they're, I don't know. It, so it's, it's definitely something that I think is going to hold true. And I hope to, hope that I'm right. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, the other kind of surprise at the, today at the weigh-in was, uh, I think his name is Paul Miller. Um, he had a, just a monster bag of 32 pounds when he didn't really do much yesterday. Yeah, I think he had seven yesterday. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a fishing guide from Connecticut and he's qualified through the Federation. And of course, the, the only Federation guy ever to win the Classic was, uh, Brian Kershaw, and he qualified through the, well, he qualified through the federation from Connecticut also. So, 
It'd be kind of cool to see him win. I don't. If he's around 32 pounds, there's no reason why he can't catch 35 tomorrow and end up winning. I mean, he's we were, actually not down by very much. No, either. he's he's in like I don't know. I don't have the thing in front of me, but I think he's in eighth, and he's only down by like nine, eight, I nine think he's pounds. Closer than that, even. Okay, I mean, doesn't matter what position he's in, but right. like, like, it, but he. We were talking about on the ride home, like a 35 pound bag. All Evers has to do is catch 22, and he still wins. Like, uh, that's how important those giant bags are could be here. And it, it, this is where this classic is just totally up in the air. I mean, there's nobody that – I mean, obviously the Evers and Tharp are winning by whatever, three pounds over, over Defoe, but it's not far. It's not going to be – this classic is going to be one of those that's going to come down to the last fish again. And it's it's awesome. I, I can't wait to, to continue to watch – continue to see all the emotion and stuff so yeah we're um we're not really sure what kind of pattern tharp is on he's probably seems like he's on some pretty good fish but evers he didn't seem very confident at all that he had fish for tomorrow so i mean he's he was talking about how he He caught a seven pounder and snagged it in the tail yeah i mean chances are probably bit yeah we we, we've had that conversation with a couple people where over the kvd when he won on lay lake how he was hooked and he hooked one in the back and Evers hooked the one in the tail and you know people will say whatever oh that's that sucks and that's kind of it's not cheap it's kind of cheap that that happens but it's really not because je- probably that's probably swiped at it or at least something because you know how hard it is to actually hook a bass in the back they're, they're so cognizant of everything around them they'll get out of the way if they don't want to be touched by something so je- probably they probably it probably swiped at it and so he just just had better hooks on and it, it, it caught it. So yeah, but this classic has been, I think, set the record for the amount of lost fish ever. It's absolutely. Un- I tweeted out that this. It, it feels like I'm at a club tournament because seriously, every single angler up there said, "Yep, had a seven pounder on, lost him at the boat. Had a six pounder on, lost it when it started head shaking. Didn't barely hook this, barely hook that, and it's just like." I don't get why so many people complain about lost fish. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's gone, it's gone. So just leave it alone and just put your head down. I mean, we've all been there where you're, especially with rattle traps, it's such a small bait with a, and it's heavy and it's, there's no, it's the pivot, it just shoots out of their mouth really easily. So you've got to understand that. Just like when I'm frog fishing ever, I'm not going to sit there and complain about something that, where, I missed a fish and a frog because it just, that happens. So you got to just not, and I just couldn't believe how many people were complaining about it today. Yeah, it wasn't, yesterday it wasn't really, there wasn't a whole lot of people doing it, but today just every single person said they lost multiple fives or got to my spot and lost a seven on my first cast, stuff like that. And if you've ever seen my YouTube video on lost fish or missed fish it's mostly about you know local club stuff but it really played true today for the for the classic anglers they they all just kind of it's almost like they're looking for sympathy from the fans when they're talking about the lost fish but i mean like i said in that youtube video if everybody caught every fish they caught if everybody caught every fish they hooked i mean everybody would have had bigger bags today so it's just the way it's it goes. Kind of like the weather. I mean, you can't control it, so why complain about it? When everybody was complaining about 
And now I'm not trying to talk any garbage about anybody because it's I, everybody does it. But it's just like, you know, complaining about the weather, everybody has to go through the weather. It's not like, you know, one team isn't, one boat isn't dealing with the rain or dealing with the muddy water. Everybody is. So figure out a different way to figure, you know, figure out a different way to find them. So that was kind of the story. Yesterday, the storyline was everybody complains about the muddy water and the rain and the winds from the night before, and today it was kind of, and so much complaining about the muddy water, but they all, they all had lost fish stories. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, but, you know, if you're fishing that way, it's going to do it. it jerk baits, rattle traps, swim baits, swim baits generally don't lose a whole lot, and I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a swim bait expert because I'm not that good at it, but they, if you're throwing one of them things and you got it pegged, it is not going to come off. So rattle traps, for some odd reason, get thrown. I mean, like I said, it's hard to, I'm trying to explain it, but they have so many hooks on them. It's so weird when you get bumped by something and it just isn't there. Or when those, some of the guys say that they know they had a seven on and it just threw, threw the hook when, it, when they never saw it. But like, there's no way to tell, especially down here. I, caught a three and a half four pounder on a swim bait earlier in the week and it was it thumped it so hard i'm gonna have a gopro video that i'm gonna be putting out it thumped it so hard i thought i honestly had a 10 pounder on and i set the hook and it didn't even move and i brought it up and it was i boat flipped it It was three and a half pounders so it's really hard to tell so don't say you lost a seven pounder when you never saw it because it is impossible and the gunnersville fish are just so different than any place on on earth i've never had fish fight as hard as they do or hit as hard as they do especially at this time of year when they're all hungry and they're all moving so i mean i mean have you ever seen anything like that before no that you know especially in wisconsin they they just don't hit that aggressive when it's when it's just the water's still is cold i mean it's not that the water's not freezing cold. I mean, it's like 50, 50 degrees, but they just, they'll, you can wind a rattle trap as fast as you can possibly. We couldn't wind them too fast. You're just winding them as fast as you possibly can, and they'll just inhale it and come out, and they must. Some of them jumped out of the water. I was bringing a swim bait and waking it back to the boat because I only remember, I was just bringing it in the cast again, and I it was right by the boat, and one jumped out of the water and just wailed on my swim bait and that happened with the rattle trap a few times when the back was sticking out of the water you just seen a big it, they're insane down here so oh my god i am gonna be so pissed when i have to leave it's just not gonna be fun to deal with uh normal people and winter yeah we were actually joking today about uh maybe after the weigh-in tomorrow night just getting in trouble or you know yeah you know trying to steal something or doing something to get locked up and thrown in jail for a few more days. And so at least we can talk to somebody in the jail cell about bass fishing that might understand. Yeah, it's better. I'd rather be in jail in Alabama than in Wisconsin and dealing with winter. So (laughs) yeah, it's work. Everything's going to be bad, but we'll, I'll keep doing this. I'll probably put another one up, uh, Wednesday or so. Um, but, uh, yeah, so our fancy fishing teams aren't doing so hot. <laughs> I I had Ike for well, we both had Ike for our, for our eight anglers, and of course he did 
pretty bad. Uh, I actually had Atifo and Jason Christie on my team, so they're doing pretty decent, but, I mean, I, I fell so far behind with Aika on my team. Have you, have you looked, though? No, but I, I haven't looked to see. I mean, maybe I'm doing better than I think, but... I had Keith Combs. He didn't qualify for the final day. Yusuke didn't qualify-ish, barely qualified, and Ike didn't qualify, so I'm not doing good. Or no, I didn't have Ish. But who else did I have? It doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just, just so unpredictable with fantasy fishing. We sit here and try and say we know, and, and we do know a lot about, you know, elite anglers and stuff like that, but it's it's too hard to predict. It's It's a lot like the uh, NCAA tournament, like, you can have discussions and discussions and discussions, and nobody, the person who just randomly picks is going to probably have a better chance of winning. KVD isn't, yeah, he qualified, but I don't know. You know, it's hard to say at the final day yet. You can't really tell, but, um, yeah. So, the Expo has been unbelievable. We got to talk to so many different guys and meet so many pros, and we got media passes, got backstage, talked to Mercer and Zona, it's a, it's a, it was a crazy, crazy fun time down here. Can't wait. I'm probably going to end up going to next year's Classic just because it was so unbelievable. I mean, hopefully I've been, <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't actually go to a Classic until I'm fishing in one, So, but that seems to be pretty far away. So, No, if you ever, if you watch, if you watch the Classic on TV every year, you really need to go in person because it's, it's pretty awesome. And all the guys are absolutely amazing with people. Like, they're, they're, per, they're basically professional talkers. So they're, they'll they'll treat you fine, and they're really good people too, deep down. And you know, especially if you know a little bit more than the average bass fisherman, these guys will just sit there. They they're drooling to talk to people like that. They they're there to promote their product, obviously, to people that are getting into the sport and new new to bass fishing or new to the pro circuit or something like that. But if you know a little bit more about the average, we we were sitting here talking to a guy for. 30 minutes it seemed like and he was just rambling on showing us waypoints on the gps and he he really loved talking to us about that stuff and it was i mean we talked to a lot of people and it was so much fun and they're they're, they're just so they so want to talk to people about and especially some some of the guys you want to talk about stuff that doesn't have anything to do with bass fishing because they don't get that very much everybody wants to talk to them about this wants to talk to them about that wants to get a picture wants to get whatever but it but if you do have a chance to ever go to one of these expos or something like that, because this is one of the only things where all those guys are there, because this and ICAST are the only two, because otherwise they all have their own busy schedules. They're never all going to be in one spot at, at one time, because the, the elite tournaments don't have this, right? Right, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, everybody who's anybody, in, and then some, <laughs> I mean, bass fishing is there, I mean... Not only are the obviously the pros that are competing, the the ones that didn't make the cut will be at the expo tomorrow to talk to everybody. But every single pro that uh, you know didn't make the classic is there. Every pretty much every big FLW pro is there. They're all promoting their sponsors, and this is the biggest event of the year. So everybody's there. If you, it's kind of funny. We always think of these guys and look up to them like they're rock stars or something, but they're just walking around like normal people, but they have their jerseys on. And, and like, we saw Randy cool. Howell's boat and trailer parked at a jack-in-the-box on the way home, or, and he was just sitting at a table eating. It's like, I know it's it seems, like, weird to hear. It's like, oh, yeah, just look at, oh, there's Randy Howell, there's this person. Well, I was walking in Dick's 
the uh, the Dick's booth and I bumped into somebody because it was so packed in there. And all of a sudden I turn around and I'm like, oh, sorry, excuse me, sir. And it was Rowan Martin. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. <laughs> I never really actually, and he's, he's a tiny dude. It's really strange and how we were talking about how little these people are. <laughs> like I tower over majority of the fishermen and I'm not that tall. <laughs> Yeah, there's except Denny Brower. <laughs> Denny Brower is one big man. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, we uh, we used to last time I met him in, down in Texas, and we used to joke. We joked about how he could probably put down a case of beer in about an hour because he is, he's like he's probably six six two six three at least. I don't know. I think I, I'm six three, and I think he might have been about the same size as me, same same height as me. But he he's a he's not fat. He's just he's solidly he's just big. big yeah, guy. it's really he's weird. He's a big guy. And uh, but yeah, a lot of the guys. I mean, they're you don't for some reason I always picture these guys as really tall. I don't know if it's the camera <laughs> angles or what, but um, a lot of them are really short. It's just it's just funny to see them in person. It's just different. Yeah, uh, we got uh, we were gonna try to meet up with Jimmy Houston tomorrow. Uh, you want to say why? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Houston, he's actually been really great on Twitter um, for the most part. We, we've talked to him quite a bit. Uh, he's He really likes our stuff, I think. He retweets us all the time. He he favorites our, a bunch of our tweets. But I had made a... I had, before we kind of got to know him good, well, not that, not that, <laughs> not that we actually know him, but uh, before we kind of got his... To try to get his attention, I made a little... One of those memes with the the picture and the words on top of it with uh, Jimmy's picture, and it said uh, <laughs> it said five dollar haircut, million dollar laugh, because we always just kind of we always try to laugh like him. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, his haircut it looks like it was uh, somebody stuck a bowl on top of it and cut or shaved around it. And for some reason, he has the strangest hair because it's all coming out of the exact same point in the center. And it's just, all, it's like a, it's like a mop. If you put a mop on and just kind of spread the hair evenly around a, a head, that's Jimmy Houston's hair. It's always been like that, but I, apparently it works for him. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So I made a meme that said uh, five dollar haircut, million dollar laugh, and he he retweeted it right away and favored it and commented on it and all this, and then a couple weeks later. Um, as of, I think it was two weeks ago or last week, maybe he he to, he posted on Twitter, uh, "Come see me at my ex or at my uh, seminar in I don't know Tulsa, Oklahoma, or something in some city in Oklahoma," and he used the uh, used my picture as a as his advertisement for that <laughs> for that expo or that uh, seminar. So. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool that he likes it and uses it, but it would be kind of, I don't know, kind of nice to, you know, for him to give us another shout-out or something. Uh, he'll be fine with it, though. I, I, he's, he's a cool guy. So it, it will, we'll definitely give him shit about it tomorrow, hopefully, if we meet him. But Another another one of those was, uh, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you have Twitter, you've probably already seen this, but if you have Facebook and you've seen, if you happen to see the, the post that John Cruz made about the, uh, if you've seen the video, you'd understand. It's a, an African-American lady <laughs> who is in a, some kind of an apartment fire or something. And they, they anyway, she goes, she uh, says, ain't nobody got time for that. 
and uh, it was just a big YouTube sensation. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but anyway, I made a, I made a meme that said spinning rods ain't nobody got time for that with that lady's picture, <laughs> and uh, it blew up on Twitter. I mean, I put it on Twitter maybe two or three months ago. And the thing blew up. Ish Monroe retweeted it. Timmy Horton retweeted it. John Cruz retweeted it. All kinds of pros. It was it was a surprising because I didn't really know if they would even anybody would even get it at all. And it was really big. And then come to find out, John Cruz had actually saved that picture on his phone and then posted it on his Facebook page. And now it has like 700 likes. <laughs> And which is awesome. I mean, I, I but I, I just it'd be cool to if he like once again it'd be cool to give us a shout out or something. Yeah. But. So you guys, if you guys listen to it, go on Cruz's thing and just say, hey, this is Basquad's picture as a joke. So I mean, we're not trying to. Well, we love be, John. We Cruz, love John Cruz, one of my favorite anglers, and it's and I he's in he qualified today. Did no did did he? He I think he had a tough day. I, Maybe we'll go see him tomorrow and do the same thing to him. So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna try and follow around uh, Jason Christie, I think, because I don't know. I, I just have a really feeling that he's gonna end up winning tomorrow. Uh, so we're gonna follow him around just because he's behind too, and yeah, he's not he's gonna, down by what is he down by four or five four pounds. four or five pounds, and he's not gonna have five million people following him like Tharp and Evers is going to, and from what we hear from a guy that is in our seeing the same motel as we are, people that are following Evers are just kind of getting a little bit too ridiculous with it, and they're getting way too close. And all of them have their units on, so it's going to put extra sound in the water. And and he didn't seem to have a very good day today. And Tharp only had 19 pounds, which I want to say I'm, I'm saying only as a I don't know. 19 is obviously a good bag anywhere, but. I don't think it'll be enough tomorrow. No, if Tharp comes in with 19 tomorrow, he ain't gonna win. And so I'm pretty pretty excited to watch. So we're probably gonna follow Christy around for a couple hours and then run to the expo because we gotta drive all the way to Wisconsin right after because we all got work on Tuesday. So uh, it's gonna be a rough one. And I think I want to follow Christy and if we see anybody else, obviously Martin's might have a good bag, might have a good day. He says he's figuring stuff out and his he improved by seven pounds from yesterday, and if he proves by ten pounds, he has a chance to win. So he says he's completely out of it because obviously Martin's is a head case, and he does that. <laughs> we were uh, we were talking to this person and that this girl at the the classic, and she was saying that he came into their school and started talking about yoga poses that you can do before. <laughs> before a tournament at their team meeting to stretch out your your. Uh, your wrist muscles. <laughs> he's just a really strange dude. And I, I mean, I love Martins. He's one of my favorite guys too. I don't really have too many guys that I don't like. It's they're all, they all have their really weird quirks. And we just, Tommy Biffle is both of my, I mean, Casey and I are shallow water anglers and he's one of our idols. And he's just absolutely just, just hilarious. And his, all of his little mannerisms and the way he talks and the way he talks about his stupid bug. And <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. JVD is right there too. He's only eight pounds back. Uh, 
Scroggins is quietly nine pounds back only. Palinuk is not that far back either. He's only ten pounds back. So like, there's a lot of guys that have potential. Yeah, Casey Ashley. Casey so, Ashley's yes. right there. Ot Defoe's right there. So it's it's gonna be, it's gonna come down to that last big fish, and I cannot wait to watch the footage on it because it's gonna happen. It's one of those things that happens every year. There's that one thing, that one fish that changes the tide. Last year, Hank Cherry lost a nine pounder or whatever. I mean, this was a legit lost fish right by the boat, and it was on a jerk bait, and that ruined his. Ch- I mean, he would have won. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's there, anything could really happen. But speaking of what any <laughs> of anything happening, we were uh, we were driving there to Birmingham for an hour, and obviously we just talk about fishing the whole time. And I've known Casey now for five years, and I don't think, I think I, after the second or third year of knowing him, when he said he called soda pop, that's the first time I've ever heard him say that, and I just, we've never talked about anything but bass fishing, so it came as my surprise that he actually had a bass fishing story that he's never told me, uh, you want to? <laughs> yeah, um, when I was, my first ever bass boat I got in in college, and it was a, it was a bass tracker, um, bass tracker 170, I think. With a, a 50 horse America on the back, and it was it was a I believe it was a I want to say it was a 2007, and it was it was brand new. Um, it was pretty nice, and uh, the first I brought it to I took it out a few times that summer. I had just bought it. I mean I I, I took it out probably every day, but it, I only had it for a couple of weeks before I started college and moved to Stevens Point in Wisconsin. And uh, the first time I took it out in Stevens Point, I was with my roommate, and we we went and launched on the Point Floods right in town. Uh, we we fished for a few hours and uh, decided to pull her out of the water and drive back to the apartment so we could <laughs> probably go a party or something. And uh, <laughs> driving back, it's on, it's only you know a ten minute drive, but there's a bunch of it's going right through the city of Stevens Point and we're driving down Michigan Avenue and all of a sudden I hear or I see just a red flash <laughs> on my right hand side and I I my my uh, both hands were on the steering wheel for which is kind of odd because I usually only have one hand on the steering wheel but both hands were on the steering wheel and I just remember my my hands actually went numb uh, right as this flash hit, and uh, I didn't even know what happened. My my arms were actually numb from just, like, gripping onto the wheel so tight and feeling this hit. And uh, I looked back. I looked out of my my uh, rearview mirror, and there was no boat on the trailer. <laughs> and uh, I actually, I had a, I was pulling it with an ex, a Ford Explorer, Um <laughs> And I looked, I opened the door, and I was like, what the hell just happened? And my bass tracker was in the middle, laying in the middle of the road. And this is a busy street, too. And uh, what had actually happened was I I was driving along, and a girl in a a red Ford Taurus had ran a stop sign coming into, um, you know, an intersecting street. And she actually ran right into T-boned my boat that was on the trailer while I was moving, and launched the boat almost like a like a kicker kicks a football off a tee. She launched it right off the trailer and into an oncoming car that was coming, 
you know, at me, and it actually hit his car on the fly. And if he would have been, if he would have been any closer, if he would have been a little bit further down the road or going faster, it probably would have went right through his windshield and actually like killed him. But he was going a little bit slower, and it just hit his front of his uh, hood. But uh, it it ended up totaling the girl's car that hit me, my boat, and the car that um, it the boat hit. All three were totaled. Uh, the the cops came and they were just like this cop that was looked like he was a veteran police officer. <laughs> said he's like, man, I have never seen anything like this. I don't know how we're gonna get that boat out of here. And so he called the tow truck with a flatbed and they hooked it up to a chain and just drug that drug that boat right onto the tr- trailer and that mercury outboard just just made a horrible sound dragging across the concrete road and uh you know uh everything worked out good uh but the insurance paid for everything and the girl actually didn't have any insurance and my insurance ended up paying for it but it didn't hurt me because i got all my money back for the boat and ended up getting a better boat anyway i upgraded to a nicer boat but it was just one of those crazy stories where, you know, everything, it, everything just, it was, it was like a, everything happened so fast. I'm pretty sure that I held my breath every time I've ever seen anybody coming, you know, at a, to a stop sign. That was, I, I, I still to this day, I always think they're going to run stop signs because of that. And it was, it was pretty crazy. I got a story like that with Adam. Uh, we were <laughs> we were coming home from a real bad tournament, and we were flying, you know, down the freeway or whatever. <laughs> Adam's laughing already because he knows what's coming. We so we were all pissed off. We went got some food, and we were half paying attention. And I'm in the, <laughs> the passenger seat. Adam's driving, and all of a sudden we're we're up on the street, and we just. I don't know, it, boom, we just banged the ground real hard with the boat, and it's like we went down a ditch, and it hit a big bump, and we both kind of looked at each other like, oh my god, what, and we looked back, and there's cars just screaming back and forth, right behind the boat, and we went, blew right through a stop sign, and it was a second earlier, we would have died, so, we're <laughs> going back, make sure you are 100% paying attention and not being super pissed off about the tournament or at least concentrate on your driving because there's a lot of bad drivers out there like us. So, uh, yeah, so, but uh, I think, unless you have something else to say. Nope. All right, yeah, I think we're going to wrap this one up. It's at 42 minutes right now. Uh, continue to like us. Uh, use the code BSR if you're ordering anything off the website. It's a podcast discount, 10%. Uh, yeah, so well, I was distracted by Joe's text again. Some, oh, some rival company is throwing a party at the at the Classic. We, they we, got Gerald Swindle at the party. No big deal. We, uh, we got better people. We, uh, there, so. we, we, we're not going to mention what t- – uh, we, we don't dislike them, but they are a competition. But we're, let's just say that the uh, if you did the math on the – on the thing, it would add up to 15. So, <laughs> but yeah, just keep liking us. Uh, continue to uh, comment and stuff, and we'll get back to you. I'm gonna post this. Yeah, well, not to, uh, it's not a live broadcast, so it doesn't matter when I post. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll have a I'm on, when I'm my next podcast, I'll just do a quick classic recap and then have another few months until I actually get back to the casting uh, any of my lines, which is completely depressing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, but yeah, so keep hitting us up. Peace out, guys. Thanks for listening. Oops. <laughs>